Well, hello, hello. Welcome back to TAO Intentions Podcast. Our guest this evening is Tatanisha Regan. We are welcoming Tatanisha today to discuss the topic on modern dating. Welcome, Tatanisha. Hi, Orchid. It's great to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm looking forward to sharing my story. Yes, and I'm so happy to have you as well. I know I've been trying to get you on this podcast for a while now, and so I am so glad you agreed to do this topic with me today. I know that with COVID and everything going on, it's it's quite difficult um, to date in general. And so I really wanted you to kind of come on here and just kind of share yourself with the audience and also share your experiences and, and how you're coping during this time. Yes, COVID has definitely complicated the dating process, <laughs> <laughs> but I decided to brave it and give it a shot. Um, so all I can really do is share my experiences. Hopefully people can, uh, glean from it, um, some encouraging <laughs> tips and tricks yes and i'm really hoping that i can learn a little bit from you which i'm sure you will definitely be teaching me a lot today tell me about yourself and your background yes so i am of uh, jamaican descent um my both of my parents were jamaican are jamaican and uh, they immigrated to Canada uh, and uh, settled in Ontario. And so I grew up in the GTA area in Oshawa. Uh, and then I decided to come to Ottawa for school. Um, so currently I'm working in the nonprofit sector as a program coordinator. Uh, I deliver social programs and services to marginalized communities, um, largely around career development. Um, and more recently around self-employment. So it's, it's quite rewarding. Um, it's also a space I've been in for a while. I've always volunteered and done um, work with uh, different social service agencies and community health centers. Uh, so it's a space I'm really familiar with and I, I enjoy being in. Okay, perfect. So how long have you lived in Ottawa? You know what, it's been about 10 years. <laughs> it's been about 10 years being in Ottawa. But I have to say, there are still so many places I haven't uh, visited in the city. Uh, for most recently, I finally went out to uh, the Petrie Island. I hadn't been there. I was working retail while in university, so I didn't really have so many weekends off to go explore. So now that I'm, uh, you know, working professionally, I'm finding different opportunities to explore this city, even though I've been here for ten years. Uh, there's still so much yet to uncover. Oh, yes. I think that's, I, you know, you mentioned that you, you were working during that time. I remembered this one place that you worked at. And to this day, I am still in love with that place. Urban Barn. Really? <laughs> Urban Barn. Is, that's, it's, that's the yes. name of the place, right? Yes. I used to work in the market, a furniture store. Yes. And uh, it was, it was uh, a great experience in terms of personal development, professional development. Uh, I learned so much from sales. <laughs> It's one of those uh, one of those things that's highly transferable. Just being able to work with people and being able to uh, glean what it is that they're looking for and having to adapt. So I really loved my time there, and I happen to have uh, those products all over my apartment because <laughs> they were adorable. 
they really were and i honestly feel a bit bad because most of the times that i came to visit you it really had nothing to do with you (laughs) (laughs) tell me this now (laughs) because you're always like i'm just with a client and i'm like no problem and i just walk the entire store just looking at everything going i like this i like this oh my god i like this i like this and you come over and you would just be like oh hi I'm like, oh, hi. And we talk for a minute and you're like, oh, shoot, I just have to get back to that person. I'm like, no problem. I, I made sure to come in where I knew you were going to be a bit busy so that oh, I can I walk see. the store. I kind of used it as an excuse to go into that place, okay. even though I was not planning okay. on buying anything. Not that I didn't love you. It's no, just, I know where we stand now. Oh, don't even start with that right now. Come on. If I worked at Urban Barn and you did it and you came to visit me, I knew for a fact it wouldn't be for it's me. but um, I just went downtown just about a week ago and I noticed they closed and I was devastated I know it was a good site Um, (sighs) I noticed that too they still have sites across the city I believe Uh, I haven't been in one of those stores in quite a while Um, but uh, I always check out their website because as I said their items are adorable and it's Canadian business I always love to support uh, Canadian-owned businesses. Yes, I, I do like the items. I just didn't like the price, but I, I really loved everything. They had just so many unique things that I thought, oh, I'd love to have this in my place. But anyways, but I'm, I'm glad to hear that you've lived here for 10 years. I really did not know that the time had flew by that quickly, to be honest. That's what it feels like, yes. Yeah, in my it mind, you've only like been here blank. for five years. <laughs> And now you saying 10 no, years, I'm like, what? I've known you for that long? <laughs> kind I know, of thing. Yes. We met when I was in, in university. Yeah. Wow. And I just moved here. Okay. So uh, other than the fact that, you know, you moved for school, is that the only reason that contributed to your decision to move here? Uh, it was, you know what? It happened even before I chose schools uh, to be honest I I uh, just like a lot of Ontario uh, kind of kids you go on your middle school trip uh, to Ottawa and Quebec City and Montreal um, and when we stopped in Ottawa when I was in I think it was my it was my grade 8 trip um, I fell in love with the city I thought it was beautiful so clean all the green space was so uh, attractive and I was like, you know what? I think I wanna, I wanna come here for school. So that's really what impacted my decision to pick Ottawa as a place to go to school. And it was also a, a reasonable distance from the GTA, like four hours, uh, so that I could visit family and they could visit me. Um, but I also have, I've been an independent person for quite some time. So it's just help me kind of feel um, uh, more independent and uh, it's a beautiful place with beautiful people. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you love it here because you haven't left. I kept thinking years ago, like once you finished university, that you were going to move back and you just never did. So I was like, okay, she's really loving in here or maybe there's just more opportunities here. I don't know because um, Toronto is quite large and they have a lot of opportunities. I don't know if the competition there is is a bit more intense than it is here, but I figure that there were certain factors that you know 
made you decide that Ottawa was where you wanted to stay? So yeah, what? So moving, uh, moving from the GTA. If I if I were to move back, I I would find for opportunities. I feel like I have enough connections to to be able to land on my feet if I were to move back. So it's always tempting, but. Um, Despite not being a fully fluent, fully bilingual person, I'm not a fully bilingual person. It is a challenge in in Ottawa. Um, you know, make sure you're employed. Uh, but I'm I rise I rose into the challenge and still chose to make it my home. Yes, and I I really like that. And honestly, in another podcast episode, we will talk about you know since you do work in a situation where you work with people in finding employment and mentorship and you know we can even talk about that bilingualism as well because i recently you know read an article that kind of discussed that how you know ottawa is considered to be or canada is considered to be diverse but you know the they're making it mandatory for people to speak english and french to get certain good paying jobs so that's definitely a topic and i'm putting it in this podcast episode because i want to remind myself later about this topic that i would like to to go with you (laughs) yes i'm happy to talk about it absolutely okay good but now that you've agreed on record you know you can't back (laughs) out so i'm just throwing it in here it's sealed yes it's sealed (laughs) all right so what did you study in university so i completed a bachelor's of science with a specialization in psychology. Uh, There's two streams for psychology, you can do bachelor's of arts, but I chose science because um, I love science, I love chemistry, biology. Um, It's always intrigued me and and, uh, the great thing about the program is that um, you could explore more uh, neurological aspects of human behavior uh, and the physiology behind it as well. So. Um, I really, for the most part, enjoyed my degree, uh, and it was really in line with things I was already curious about, you know, areas that I was already fascinated by, so it was nice getting a solid academic uh, foundation there. Um, Further, I uh, found it challenging uh, to find work after university Mm -hmm. uh, with my uh, undergrad, I found it challenging. One because of the French-speaking aspect, but also because I, I graduated with a humanities. It's really hard for employers to say, "Yeah, she's fully competent in doing this and that." You know, it's, a lot of employers are looking for something more tangible so that they can see that you can complete the work, right? So, uh, for myself, I I really wanted to start working. So instead of going to do a master's, which has always intrigued me. Um, I decided to do an expedited um, uh, college diploma in social service work. Uh, and it also offered a practicum that was a part of the diploma, the, the college diploma is a place. And so that got me in the field, that got me in front of employers. Um, and then so they could see firsthand what I could do, what I was capable of, and how I fit into their team. So actually three months into my placement, um, the the place I was doing uh, my practicum in, they wanted to hire me. That's <laughs> so great. So it, you know, my plan actually worked out really well, and I started working in my field, which you know is very rare for someone with a psychology degree. It doesn't always go that route. Uh, so I was I was really really happy to have that opportunity and kickstart my career. Wow, I I like how you were very strategic about it, and you know a lot of people, 
especially in your situation, leaving university and having the difficulties um, finding a position or a job that, mm-hmm. you know, rightly suits you. It's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to put yourself in a situation where you are showing your abilities because with all the fears and the doubts that people go through, it's, it's sometimes easier to perform in school and then when you have to put what you have learned to the test in, in the marketplace and really put your, your best foot forward, okay. it can make you just shut down. So the fact that you were able to kind of conquer any amount of doubts or fears that you might have and put yourself in a, a situation or a position where people who would want to hire you get to see what your capabilities are, that's huge. Absolutely, you're, you're 100% right on that. I have to say it was a time period that truly tested me and um, in that time I really um, was looking for ways to cope because it was highly stressful Um, and so I actually found um, more, I actually moved it to more consistent mindfulness practice during that process. Um, So if you're familiar with mindfulness meditation. Uh, you're more observing your experience as opposed to judging your experience as it's happening. Um, it's, it's more nuanced than that. Um, but uh, that was one of the things that really got me through that stressful time. Wow. Well, I'm glad you shared that part because I feel like what you did, for me personally, if I was in that situation where I'm putting myself in a situation where I get to really show people what I can do, Um, And, you know, hopefully that opened doors for me to be hired and to be taken care of um, financially and be in a secure situation like that. I feel like I would fumble the ball 100% because I tend to overthink. (laughs) Sorry, say that again. I said I tend to overthink and just allow my fears and doubts to just kind of prevent me from from doing what I have to. It's like self-sabotage. Absolutely. Yeah. That's me as well. That's me as well. And so, yeah, I was just exploring different ways to be able to deal with that because it's, it's not easy. Um, and so finding different ways to you know, make sure you're uh, maintaining your well-being is, for, in my experience, has been the, the best way to overcome things like that and, and ultimately cultivate um, resilience. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that a lot. So you are a mature young woman who has a career as you pointed out earlier in a podcast. And you are back on the market. Not that I'm saying that you're a piece of meat that people can go into a a store and pick up and buy, but you know, you are ready to mingle. (laughs) Um, What is your preferred form of dating and why? Right, so, (laughs) you know, it's, I feel like I talk a lot about like pre-pandemic life and then after pandemic life. Uh, so for my main preference before the pandemic would be in person, um, likely going to a dinner or something like that. Um, but the pandemic has complicated things as we established. And so currently I have actually uh, really enjoyed doing video calls um, as sort of like pre-date dates. <laughs> Because it's very low committal and you kind of have the space to ask questions and um, get to know the person in a very low pressure uh, instance or circumstances. So uh, that's kind of been my my current, well, these are my current preferences with the pandemic. And I think it's something I'm even going to continue hopefully after the pandemic's over. (laughs) Uh, but it's been quite useful 
in vetting people, just making sure that they are sharing the similar boundary, um, sorry, similar values as I do, mm-hmm. uh, and getting to the bottom of whether our communication styles match. Okay. I, I do agree with you um, in the sense of face-to-face. I'm a face-to-face person and that has not changed. Even during the COVID pandemic, I would just rather not date you if I can't see you face-to-face. And I do notice mm-hmm. a lot of people because, you know, some of the restaurants were closed and things like that, you know, they would just invite people over to their home. But to me, that's just kind of similar to a booty call or you putting yourself in a situation where, you know, it will end up being a booty call. So I just rather not see anybody. If I can't see you in an outdoor setting, um, even over tea, because I'm a tea girl or a restaurant to have a drink and a a dinner together and we talk face to face, Mm -hmm. I couldn't. I would rather wait till COVID's over (laughs) personally. That's it. That's it. Yeah, you have to be extra cautious uh dating and i i think it's again like using the video calls is a good way to get to know someone and also understand their surroundings so if you do want to do in person so like i did do in person uh once i felt that the that person could be a part of my bubble um you know definitely early on in in the covid uh situation and always checking in with them uh, because for me i was the one who wasn't working at, from home exclusively, I, I had to go in, back to the office. Um, uh, so that person was at more risk technically than I was, so I was making sure they were informed and um, uh, also comfortable, you know? Mm-hmm. I like that. So you have been participating in online dating. How has that experience been for you? Oof, it's been... <laughs> <laughs> It's been up and it's been down. It's, it's one of those things. I am fairly new to online dating. Um, I met my previous partner at a house party. Uh, and so I didn't have to do online dating. And, at, well, at least to the, the, the extent that it is popular now. So... Being new to this space has really opened my eyes to the potentials as well as the downfalls. Um, and for me, uh, it's really it's really important to again just identify someone's values, and that I learned that lesson through online dating um, because I was having a I was going off of kind of feels at first, uh, getting a sense of someone, but like looking at someone's picture as well as reading their curated uh, profile doesn't necessarily tell you whether they value, you know, open communication or honesty, right? So uh, participating in online dating has been a journey, a learning journey, uh, and it's been, it's been great. Okay. I can't, I can't add to any of that. I've never done online dating ever. Someone messaged me on Facebook, I'm not available. Um, you know, you message me via Instagram and I've, I haven't seen you face to face, I'm not available. It's, <laughs> I just, not even social media dating. I've never done it. No. Never. It's the, wor- it's the world of dating now, it's, it's different. Well, it's different. I'm old school, old bag lifestyle, very traditional. I, again, I would rather be single. 
do not message me from Turkey going, hey, you cute in some weird language <laughs> and expect me to, you know, and I and keep in mind, yeah, I've I have had some seriously aggressive men come on Facebook Messenger and message me. And it it oh, was yeah. crazy, like really crazy. They started telling me they loved me. And I'm like, who are you? What, when have we met? That's and, it. you know, it, it was just weird. Turns That's out I actually did meet them. I just never liked them. <laughs> yeah. And like you get those people, you get such a mixed bag of people, I find. And um, I have to say, it, being on online dating makes it a little bit easier to just ignore the the those kinds of people that you just described who yeah. are just like automatically like infatuated with you as opposed to wanting to get to know you um i just ignore them it's okay you can call them creepy it's okay the creepy ones <laughs> the creepy ones that came out of the woodwork you have no idea what hole they crawled out of but they crawled out of a hole right. yeah we, we, you can say that you can say that mm-hmm. yeah, the creepy people, <laughs> the creepy the people. I, that. <laughs> I know you're being so nice and politically correct but it's okay they're creepy they're creepy <laughs> um oh goodness where are you meeting with potential suitors face to face after meeting them online during covid and are you comfortable? That's a great question. Where am I meeting? So I, for safety, like I prefer to meet in an open space, um, meet at the location. So I could be like a, like a restaurant or be a park uh, that I'm familiar with. I like to go to a place that I'm familiar with, um, again, for safety. And um, I often uh, will send my friends my close friends, like, uh, keep them up to date as to where I am and who I'm meeting with um, because I think as a woman, it's very important that you prioritize your safety. And uh, so those are some of the, the ways that I go about it. Yeah, I I don't know. I feel like when it comes to online dating, I'm always concerned, always. Not for me, but even when I do have friends that tell me they're meeting with someone that they've spoken to online, um, they would, I don't know, I just, I'm always fearful because you, you don't know these people. It could be a, right. a fake picture of somebody else. It, you know, these people might be seemingly sane when they're messaging you or FaceTiming you right. um, on these apps and talking to you. But you really don't know their background. There is no background check, no criminal check, nothing like that. Um, not that you can do that face-to-face upon meeting somebody, but you never know. And there are certain women that I have you know, met who have been sexually harassed or you know, coerced into um, doing sexual favors for these random men that they meet online and being placed in a situation where you know, they feel like they have no way out. And so it, it always just kind of upsets me when I hear these stories from, from young girls, like they're, mm-hmm. they're 19, they're 20, they're 21, and sometimes even a bit older than that uh, with certain women who might have never done it before. And they're now in a situation where they are, they're, you know, backed into a corner or guilt tripped or told like, you know, I bought this expensive dinner for you. Why aren't you putting out kind of situation? And so it, right. that's the part that just kind of makes me feel uncomfortable about certain women meeting with online suitors um, face-to-face after just one conversation. Right. And I think that's important that you said after one conversation. And so that's why I, 
I really like the video calls um, because you get to experience the person without experiencing the person physically, um, where you can assess how safe you feel with them. Um, you can kind of, again, ask them questions in a non-committal way about themselves so you can get a sense of their character and whether it's somebody you, you actually want to be around or somebody you see in your future. Um, I think, again, women need to be able to um, prioritize their safety. Uh, there are, you know, there are resources out there to support you in terms of like identifying um, like the help, you know, of course, like you can call 911, but you can also call, you know, a distress line. Um, there are different ways to find safety. So having that number on your phone could be a way where you feel a little bit more comfortable. But I know it's, it is anxiety inducing um, as a process, as a whole. So again, for me, involving my friends just kind of makes me feel that much more comfortable. These are people who uh, care about my well-being um, as much as I do. So I know they're going to act if anything, and then I'm going to give them the correct information uh, so that, um, again, that I feel safe. So I completely understand where you're coming from. And it does feel, it can feel um, a bit helpless or like you have limited control. But, uh, you know, there are different ways that you can kind of incorporate mm -hmm. uh, to, uh, to improve the experience overall. But it, it is a lot. It's a, it's a risk. It's a real risk. So, yeah, I appreciate you, you saying that and describing it in that way. Wonderful. Thank you. Um, you have left a previous relationship. How has that changed the way you approach dating now? Wow, that's a wonderful question. <laughs> All right, so <laughs> I left a, a relationship that was seven years, and uh, so I, I left uh, my partner. It just it was not working. Uh, in that process, though, in the breaking up process, I was I went to therapy, uh, and so I was working with a therapist to really understand uh, what it was that I was looking for uh, so I could get very clear on my boundaries so my approach to dating now is definitely um, I'm coming from a space where I'm more confident in myself and I'm also more intentional about what I want um, out of the experience uh, and what I'm looking for so uh, this is my new approach <laughs> Mm, I really kind of like the way you said that, you know, you're intentional about what you're looking for. Um, a lot of people can, you know, have an idea of what they want. And then when they do find what they want, realize that it's it's not what they're looking for. What are some of the things that, you know, that you're doing actively in your, your life currently that has attributed to you knowing specifically what you want and not just what you think you want? Right. So some things that I'm doing actively, I am, for one, prioritizing my self-care. Um, I realized in my relationship that I wasn't prioritizing my self-care, uh, that I was, I was neglecting it. And so that's not something I do anymore. Um, and so it really informs, once I, I'm able to check in with myself, I have uh, more to back up my intention. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that I'm reading books on dating and relationships. My current, my 
philosophy when it comes to dating and relationships is that it, it's a skill to build. Um, I think I initially had this idea, like many people, that you are whisked into a relationship, you're going to fall in love, and you're, everything's just going to work out perfectly. But I've since realized that how immature that idea is. And so I currently, you know, again, read books and listen to podcasts from relationship scientists. Um, one of my favorites is um, researchers from the Gottman Institute. Um, I found, I learned about them in university and they do some amazing exper experiments with couples. Uh, so I, I like it because it takes a bit of the guesswork. They've already gone about researching hundreds of people and figured out the best practices so I don't have to keep failing and <laughs> relearning. So I like to uh, educate myself uh, so that I can uh, identify when I'm going in a direction that makes sense for me as opposed to the opposite. Mm. And when it comes to your personality traits, as was has that ever been a consideration when picking a partner? Oh, absolutely. I'm often, I'm looking for character, I'm looking at values, I'm looking at personality, um, having a psych background, there's personality tests, there's Myers-Briggs, and like, people actually have more tools at their disposal to identify what works for them than I think they realize, um, and so that's something I use to better understand who I am, and with that, I understand more uh, what I'm, what's compatible for me. Yes. And, you know, compatibility is, is something that a lot of people state that's what they're looking for in a relationship. Oh, we have to be compatible. But no one really have discussed what compatibility really means. A lot of people would say that, you know, I'm a fixer. And because I'm a fixer, I need, I need to be with someone that I, I constantly have to fix something uh, for them or right. change them in some way. And so because they have that personality of being a fixer, they're more they feel that they're more compatible with someone that needs to be fixed so that's you know i feel like there there is room to have more discussion about healthy compatibility and not unhealthy compatibility right. so that's for another podcast discussion <laughs> i think so um so do you feel that everyone should have requirements when attempting dating online and in person what are your requirements oh yeah two really good questions so first off yes i do feel everyone should have requirements i i came across um uh someone i truly respect in in the community who said shared a story about their grandmother and, and their grandmother told them you know you as a woman are going to raise the standard and ask you know invite uh, your suitors or whoever you're who's pursuing you to meet that standard um, and I thought that was very very uh, wise words right from someone who's you know done it before has been in a relationship so I highly respect her and and that idea I've been you know meditating on that idea and I think it is important you teach people how to treat you right and so uh, for me, my requirements are around uh, emotional maturity. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I value that in another person. And so I no longer entertain people who have emotional wounds that they need to be working on. Um, I just have that as a standard. Um, people who might have a, a, you know, an addiction or if they are dealing with mental health challenge uh, that they're not actively seeking help for, um, they're just not going to have my time. So, you know, that's one thing. Also, I, I won't tolerate disrespect. Um, I don't have that time for that either. And so I think everyone should have a list of things that they just won't stand for. They just won't. It's, it's nothing. It's not really about the other person. It's, it's about you and what your comfort level is. And, you know, really identifying, okay, this frustrates me or this makes me feel small. Um, and being able to uh, assign and articulate a real requirement or boundary around that thing that makes you feel that way, I think is a really powerful place to be in. Hmm, I really like your requirements, especially the, the list. I, I do, I kind of, not kind of, I, I do have a few requirements myself, but I have not actually sat down and wrote them down. It's just automatic. Like once I see it, I just go, no, this is not for me. Um, (laughs) But I feel like it's a really good exercise if people do actually sit down and, you know, write out their requirements. Not just, you know, you saw with Sex in a City, you know, Carrie Mm -hmm. telling one of the girls that, you know, hey, just have a seat and, and sit down and write down the pros and cons of your relationship before you walk away or before you stay. And so yes. I've never really seen anyone just kind of discuss actually writing down your requirements. So I yes. really do like that you shared that. Yes, honestly, shout out to my therapist. She wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> She's the one who kept me accountable to that. Uh, as soon as I told her I was going to do online dating, the first question was, what are your requirements? And uh, so I'm... Yeah, I had to get intentional about it, get serious about it, because again, you you um, you teach people how to treat you. Oh yes, yes. And you know how many times I've said that statement to so many people, and they just don't understand what I'm talking about. And I was like, no, you teach people how to respect you, and they're like, yeah, no, but I, I did do all of this stuff. I'm like, no, you you taught them how not to respect you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a difference. Have a hand in it. Yes. Yeah. It's it's. it's you know, ugh, anyways, this is a whole nother topic of conversation. <laughs> um, even if we're at three topics, that's great. I know. I'm I'm actually sitting here writing certain things down, going, Oh my god, like do I do I have the time to talk about these things in other podcast episodes? I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. So even if there was not a pandemic, would you have been concerned about meeting someone uh, with a peak, a fake profile? or an old picture of themselves? Hmm. I, I have never come across being a catfish. <laughs> it's never happened to me before. So, I mean, it's something that is very much in the back of my head uh, because I find I'm someone who can really assess people or I, I feel like I can um, gather someone's genuineness pretty well. So I don't think anything would happen if it was a fake profile but you never know right you never know so 
Um, just like I highlighted before, you want to just take extra precaution um, in general. Yes. I And one of the reasons why I put that question in to just kind of get your opinion on it is because, you know, I have met certain girls who have you know gone on dates with a guy who maybe had an old profile picture of himself or you know certain guys who won't really put up their face but they'll have pictures of their abs but when you meet them in person they don't actually have any abs and it's a it's a seriously old picture of them and so you know the girls are sometimes you know forced to almost go on the date because they they don't want to to hurt them or be mean to them because then you see them face to face and go oh my god you're really not that cute but you know your picture was very cute but instead of you know hurting you I'll, I'll do this date and go along with it and then just ghost you tomorrow you know so um yes <laughs> to me that's even worse but if you you come out right and tell the person you know you, you don't look anything like your profile picture at all then you have the argument about, you know, the female being materialistic or, you know, being attacked because, you know, she's not accepting the, the guy for who she is. But at the end of the day, what the person did was wrong, in my opinion. Right. And so right. that that guilting of a female to, to have to sit down with you, to have to participate in getting to know you when you started out with a lie and, you know, making her feel like she's a bad person for not wanting to, to be a part of, of this and accepting it and thinking of you as a great guy because you lied. I just find that this is, this is something that happens on a regular basis and it's, it's, almost, it's almost like it's acceptable in, in some right. cases. And there's some, yeah, there's a few things that I'm, you know, I'm just here nodding because yeah, it, it's real for a lot of people where someone's misrepresented themselves online and you have the reaction to it mm -hmm. and you're trying to communicate that, but you don't feel like you have the space to do it. And so, you know, I don't think anybody should feel, I don't think anyone should um, berate another person or intimidate another person if they just are not feeling it. I think it, in a healthy circumstance, uh, both parties are uh, exploring whether or not the attraction's there and not to put any pressure on it. And so uh, that is, that's a real concern for people. And so I just go back to, again, having the standards and having the requirements. You know, if you have somebody who's misrepresented themselves, that really speaks to their level of integrity. Uh, is it someone who walks in their authenticity? Uh, who they truly are. Is that something you value? Is that something they're representing? And just comparing the two, if they're not representing themselves uh, in a truly authentic way, then, you know, that makes the question like, do you want to engage with them any further? And if, if you don't, and then that person disrespects you, then I feel like that's even further reason why you would not want to engage with them any further. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have these experiences made you want to give up online dating? Interesting question. These experiences, again, I would say have been a learning opportunity. Um, I'm somebody who likes to cultivate a growth mindset. Uh, so I just embrace life as a learning process. And it helps me uh, just stay less anxious about things um, and remain more curious about life and really soak into the experience that life has to give. So 
Uh, I have not wanting, wanted to give up. However, I have paused. <laughs> <laughs> I have paused the app several times throughout this process because I was not getting what I was looking for and I needed to, or I needed to take time to myself. And so I think that has helped me a lot. Um, just giving myself permission to take a break from dating, take a break from uh, talking to multiple people or, you know, even if there's somebody I'm talking to that I feel like I still need to take a break from, I give myself permission. Hmm. I like that. Give yourself permission. A lot of people don't do that. They just allow the guilt or, you know, feeling bad about doing something to somebody as an excuse to continue to to hurt themselves and a lot of people just don't realize that mental health is not just you know about recognizing that you have an issue it's also about choosing to be unapologetic about your needs yes so i really do like what you've just stated do you appreciate guys who are upfront about their intentions i absolutely do absolutely so if a guy just approached you and said listen i just want to have sex with you and that's it i don't want to see you afterwards you're just going to be okay with it (laughs) good question um it doesn't necessarily mean that i will uh do that with him it's just uh i do value open communication and so someone who's upfront with their intentions is definitely in line with that um it's just do the intentions align with my intentions uh if they do that's a green light if they don't it's not okay i don't know based on my experiences i have met a couple of guys who i've met face to face who have said to me i'm just looking for a good time and i said okay what's a good time to you like we're going out and we're hanging out and we're doing fun stuff together you need to be a bit more specific about your intentions here and they would say stuff like well what i mean by that is just i just want to just want to have sex and i would say all right well thank you for the offer i'm I'm not really interested and then they would just start blowing up and freaking out like how dare you 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 know i just don't understand you girls every time a guy you know comes and they and they tell you what they want up front you guys just start trying to brush us off like shouldn't you have respected the fact that i just want to have sex with you and that's it I said, I respect your offer. I respect what you are offering to bring to my table. Unfortunately, right. what, you're, what you're bringing to my table is not needed. Dick is free. So. Dick <laughs> <laughs> is free, so not concerned. Thank you, move along. <laughs> exactly. And they would be completely upset about it. And I would get text messages like days later, you know, calling me the B word. Um, because I didn't want to have sex with them and, and and I'm just like I'm so confused that you know I have to respond back and say listen just man up and take take the no and walk away I'm sure there are plenty of women out there who was desperate enough to take free free dick from you for for nothing whatsoever um right. un- unfortunately you know you're not going to guilt me or make me feel bad for not wanting to sleep with you number one absolutely That is a key point right there. He's not going to go and try to make you feel bad for declining. And it sounds like you declined in a very respectful way. Uh, So that reaction wasn't warranted. (laughs) No, it wasn't. So, so, you know, I think the men I uh, 
invite to to like my uh, my space are going to be ones who are respectful who you know if i do not want to have sex then they're not pushing me uh they respect me because i respect my body so you know if there's someone who is pressuring uh me to do that then you know they can keep moving yeah and that's basically what i did and I think I bumped into a, I think I bumped into him at some point and oh, he just ran away and I was like the term he used when he was trying to convince me that participating in this free dick movement that he had going on for himself uh, was that I really would <laughs> I should make a t-shirt free dick <laughs> um, he he just kept using the term that he was a a man like this is what a man does but the way he's behaving you know after receiving the no and even you know months later on the street the way he's behaving is not it's not manly at all no yeah that's i feel like if you have to like uh, proclaim that you're a man then what does that say about you exactly you have to go ahead and like announce it to the world Um, i am a man and all i want is pussy so okay (laughs) i'm like good for you yelling from the other mountain (laughs) (laughs) other side yeah you're on that mountain and i'm on mount everest good for you (laughs) yeah that's it all right so from um So this concludes the questions that I have for you for this podcast episode. Thank you for participating. Oh, this was fun. I really enjoyed my time doing this with you. Oh, you know you're coming back, right? I have a sense, yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So where can people follow you? Right. So yeah, I'm I'm happy to connect with people on my Instagram. Uh, That's at plant.tea.soul. S-O-U-L. So, yeah, that's my Instagram. That's where I'm situated mostly. And if people want to connect, they can absolutely do it there. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. I cannot wait to have you on again. And um, hopefully uh, we will have a new adventure to discuss on another podcast episode. And we'll go from there. Awesome. This sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. I'm so glad that you came. Thank you for coming. Take care. Take care. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Don't forget to click the follow button under TAO Intentions Podcast on the Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow Tatanisha Regan on plant.t.soul on Instagram. Don't forget to follow all our podcast guests on social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, whichever they provided through the podcast episodes. Visit our social media pages for updates on our guests per week and our guests on the YouTube channel. Our social media pages are Facebook at The Ambitious Obsession, Instagram and Twitter at Ambitious Ops. Share your favorite podcast episode with your family and friends, and I hope you have a splendid day.